0: This is the Ear Science Podcast, the science of healthy hearing.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Ear Science Podcast, the science of healthy hearing. Proudly presented by Ear Science Institute Australia, a medical research institute. In this podcast, we'll bring you into our world, the world of ear and hearing science, together with Dr. Shelley Chada from World Health Organization. Senator Dorinda Cox and Ear Science CEO, Sandra Balakom, we are marking World Hearing Day and we'll be discussing the crisis in hearing health. I'm Dan Vandermeer. And I'm Lisa Kutsia, and we are your podcast hosts.
0: So, Lisa, we're back. This is season two of the Ear Science podcast, The Science of Healthy Hearing. The response to season one has been fantastic, and we have so much more to share with you.
1: Thank you so much, Dan. You're absolutely right. The response has been fantastic. In this episode, we are marking World Hearing Day for 2023, 3rd of March. Earlier, I was fortunate enough to sit down with Technical Lead for Ian Hearing Health at World Health Organization, Dr Shelley Chada, to talk about the global crisis in hearing health and what World Health Organization is doing to help address the crisis. After we play you, that interview will be joined here in the studio by two very special guests ear science ceo sandra balacom and senator dorinda cox we'll introduce them shortly but firstly let's hear from dr Shelley charter Shelley, thank you so much for joining us what a privilege to talk to you today the title of the episode is a global hearing health crisis as the lead of ear and hearing health for world health organization what is the state
2: of hearing globally and what are you seeing? Uh, good morning, Gleesha, and hello to all of the people who are watching this recording. Um, so currently we estimate that there are about 1.5 billion people that have hearing loss, out of which about a third, so maybe half a million, actually require some kind of hearing and hearing care services. So it may be that they require a hearing aid, or maybe they require a surgery or, or some therapy or counselling, but they are in need of services. What's important also to note is that this need is increasing and it is anticipated by that by 2050, there could be over 700 million people that are in need of ear and hearing care. And while... Demographic factors, you know, the whole world is aging, we are living longer and thankfully, which is good. uh, But it also means that people have hearing loss, more and more people have hearing loss. Um, And also, so one factor is that, but then also the fact that there are many risk factors for hearing loss that are persisting. And even on the rise, for example, listening to loud sounds over your headphones or earphones. Uh, So these are factors which are putting even more populations at risk. And this is likely to keep on increasing the number of people that have hearing loss in the future. So of course we have a huge problem, but the, the major issue is that majority of these, the vast majority of these do not have access to services. Currently, um, the World Health Organization estimates that only about 17% of people that could benefit from ear and hearing care actually access and use these services. So the rest either do not have access or choose not to access them. So that is why it is a a huge concern. Um, And if you may call it so a crisis.
1: Yeah, and and Shelley, it's really that awareness piece has come through all the episodes of the podcast. You know, it's people understanding that there is something that can be done and understanding that some of their difficulties are because of hearing loss.
2: Absolutely. So,
1: Shelley, the General Assembly for World Health Organization in 2017 passed the remarkable resolution on hearing Can you tell us what the
2: key takeaways of that was? So, you know, the World Health Organization has a General Assembly, as you said, which meets every year in May. And this consists of the ministers or secretaries of health of all of the 194 countries that are member states of the United Nations system. Uh, they meet and take certain decisions or and discuss various uh, issues of public health concern and importance uh, so this assembly in 2017 adopted a resolution on uh, on prevention of hearing loss of deafness and hearing loss and this resolution well it has two main components on one hand it calls upon countries upon the member states to act, to act, to integrate ear and hearing care within child health, within um, health of older adults, to ensure access to screening services, uh, technologies, rehabilitation, uh, focuses also on preventative strategies. Um, So that is one part of it. So really calling upon countries to act as part of their national health systems. And on the second hand, it also asks WHO, the World Health Organization, to undertake certain actions. So, uh, and this, these asks from the resolution are what frame the work of the, of the WHO's technical program that, that I lead. So, these asks are essentially to provide technical support to countries. That technical support is comes in the form of advocacy initiatives like uh, the Safe Listening Initiative, the World Hearing Day, uh, which intend to raise awareness. But then also it is about providing technical resources, so evidence-based technical tools like the World Report on Hearing uh, that can guide member states to take the right steps, actions to strengthen ear and hearing care within their health services and health system so that is those are the two aspects of uh, of this resolution that
1: is such fantastic work that's been done and the world report on hearing is such an amazing resource that's available globally to to really make sure that there's a united approach to providing equitable access for hearing care can you Tell us what how World Health Organization is currently using the World Report on Hearing to to focus its actions.
2: So the World Report on Hearing carries, if I could, you know, uh, summarize the message of its two hundred whatever fifties. I know. Pages uh, in in one line, it is that integrated, people centered ear and hearing care should be integrated into national health plans and services as part of achieving or as part of moving towards the goal of universal health coverage. So it is that this needs to be integrated across the life course and also across the continuum of care. So to implement this uh, the World Health Organization works closely with its country offices and with the ministries of health. So on one hand, we provide them also with the technical resources to actually implement the uh, the recommendations of the report. Um, so these technical resources could be in the form of, let's say, standardized situation analysis tools or uh, tools for monitoring or what kind of indicators do you include or how do you train health workers or what are the things to put in place if you want to start screening. So providing that standardized guidance, but then also working closely with countries when they invite us uh, or they request us, then we work closely with countries to ensure that these recommendations can be realized based, based on the priorities of the country but also based on experiences gained from different parts of the world and different countries. So we work with them to, for example, set up their training programs or screening programs or uh, provide them with certain models of service delivery of hearing aids that could be implemented in resource-limited settings. So, that is how we work uh, with countries to implement the recommendations. of the report. Shelley, that's so amazing to
1: take that report and actually provide the, the guidance on how to implement the report. We often get reports, but some countries, like you said, might not have the resources to actually be able to activate the initiatives that they need to. Shelley, if I come back to one of your first comments that you said and this prevalence of hearing loss, and how that's increasing both by an ageing population plus some preventable factors like noise-induced hearing loss. What is the key focus for World Health
2: Organization for the coming year? Um, So the key focus for us uh, in this year uh, and really the key message, it is kind of, again, resonating the message from the World Report on Hearing, and that is the message of integration. So integration of ear and hearing care into healthcare services, as I said, across the continuum of care, that is, you know, starting from community clinics or primary health centers or uh, whatever, health posts, right up to the tertiary or the uh, hospital levels where specialized services are provided. So one of the main challenges is that currently in majority of places, ear and hearing care is provided at a tertiary level, at the level of uh, specialized hospitals or clinics where people can access specialists. But given the high prevalence of these conditions, given the fact that ear diseases and hearing problems are some of the most common problems that people encounter in the community that that they need services for, whether it is pain in the ear, discharging ears, or tightest media, or hearing loss. This does not serve populations very well because they often need to travel long distances uh, to to see the specialists, posing a huge burden on them. Uh, And then also the specialists, because they are few in number, it poses a huge a burden on these uh, specialists that they have to see each and every person that is in need of care. So what is important for us and, and what we are focusing on this year is really about integrating across the continuum of care. So there should be ear and hearing care, which is accessible to people at the primary level of care, at the secondary level of care and at the tertiary level. And not just limited to the superstructures or ivory towers, if, uh, if I may call them that. So that is our key message. And, and for this, we require and to make an effort to make an effort to ensure that these services are included as part of the uh, routine services provided at these health centers through uh, training of uh, persona, through making sure that equipment is available and, and they are capacitated, they have the capacity to provide these services. I, I'm
1: speaking to a, a GP as well at the moment and part of this podcast in how do we make hearing care part of general practice care? You know, so it it's even in developed countries like Australia, It's not standard of care for for hearing to be considered when we go and see a doctor. And then we have the increased difficulty when you go to communities where there aren't specialists or there aren't GPs to, to provide that care or audiologists and ENTs. So we have to empower people, you know, at the local community. And that's really something that the Institute is really working hard on to see how we can empower local people to be able to provide care with their people and it's not that reliance on audiologists on ENT specialists too to look after hearing loss and ear disease absolutely that is the message Elizabeth. so that that's fantastic that we we really align and and that sort of really brings me to to my next question ear science is so proud to be a designated who collaborating center for ear and hearing care in the west pacific region Can you tell the listeners actually what that means and and why it's so important to have a designated centre in the West Pacific?
2: Thank you, Elisa, for that question. So, you know, the World Health Organisation has limited technical resources. Um, It has small programs. And in order to achieve its mission, really to provide care across the world, it works with partners across the world, they include, um, they include various civil society partners, uh, organizations, big and small uh, development organizations, but also very importantly, academic and research institutes that form the the kind of the backbone of the work that we do, because all of the work that we do is, ever has to be, must be, evidence-based to make sure that uh, we can have policies that are both, you know, based in evidence and experience uh, and, and can then be implemented in countries reliably. So we work a lot with academic institutes and these are the our collaborating centers uh, that collaborate closely with us and help us to develop that body of evidence to do, uh, really mm, provide us Uh, in a way with guidance, but then also work with us to test various tools and resources to gather data and information, collate them, uh, package them in a way that can be digested by by people across the world. So we have different collaborating centers. WHO has a huge network of collaborating centers. And in the field of ear and hearing care, we have about... uh, nine collaborating centres, of which uh, uh, the ES Sciences Institute is is one. Um, thank you very much for your all the work that you do on behalf of uh, the World Health Organisation.
1: Thank you, Shelley. We're very proud to be a collaborating centre. But
2: to answer the second part of your question, why is it important in this region? Um, so the Western Pacific region of the WHO, to which Australia belongs, um, is actually the region which has the highest number of people with hearing loss. So you remember I mentioned about 1.5 billion with hearing loss. Actually, about a third of them are in the Western Pacific region. And uh, it is anticipated that by uh, 2050, we would have about over 750 million people uh, with hearing loss in, in this region. So you have a lot of work to do.
1: Yes, it, it it really is a lot of work. And we really take that work very seriously, Shelley. And everything we do is informed by research, you know, and, and we have that sort of privilege of bringing together the clinical service delivery and the research. And so we have a lot of people committed to making sure that we reduce the, the prevalence of hearing loss of the the causes that, you know, can be preventable and then, you know, be able to treat people with hearing loss in the area. So Shelly, this episode will mark World Hearing Day for 2023. What would you like to say to our listeners? Um,
2: thank you for a chance to speak to the listeners. And what I want to say is not a unique message, but simply to say that, you know, the World Health Organization has the capacity to develop evidence based tools and resources, but we need the the partnership, the help of everybody, all stakeholders in the field of ear and hearing care to get the messages out. To get these messages to all sections of the community, to policymakers, to other health professionals, to people living in communities and we really ask your help your support i mean of all of the, the listeners and viewers of this podcast to join us in this effort so we all have the power to to raise awareness it doesn't matter if that we can do that in a group of let's say four students or it is in we can reach 400,000 or 4 million people through podcasts and and, uh, things like that. But it's important to keep doing that. So my key message would be, please join hands with us uh, on this World Hearing Day. Make sure you do some activity that will raise awareness about, uh, about hearing care, about hearing loss, the importance of hearing, prevention of hearing loss, uh, importance of hearing care within a section of the society. That would be my message. That is a great message.
1: Thank you so much, Dr. Charter, for being part of the Science of Healthy Hearing
2: podcast. It's my pleasure, Lizzie. Thank you. Thank you.
0: We are so grateful for Dr. Charter sharing her insight into the state of hearing globally, and we thank her for all the work she and her colleagues at the World Health Organization are doing to help address this. That was part one of this episode, A Global Hearing Health Crisis. Make sure to catch part two coming up next. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land that we are recording this podcast on, the Whadjuk people of the Noongar Nation and the land on which you're listening from. We pay respects to Aboriginal elders past, present and emerging. If you've enjoyed this episode, let us know by rating and reviewing this podcast or sharing it with a friend or family member. Make sure you're subscribed so you won't miss an episode. To view this episode as a video with captions, visit the Ear Science YouTube channel or our website, www.earscience.org.au forward podcast. You can also visit our website to suggest a topic for a future episode, for links to more information and all the research papers on this topic that we have discussed today. This podcast provides information of a general nature and does not constitute medical advice. The producer of the Ear Science podcast, The Science of Healthy Hearing, is Emma Island, with sound engineering and editing by myself. Dan Vandermeer.